Welcome everyone to Coaching in Session. My name is Michael Reardon and I'll be your mindset coach today. And today we have a special guest, V. Tai. She's the author of Living Through Alchemy. She also has a website, livingthroughalchemy.com. We're going to be talking to her about her journey with alchemy, what it is, how it can benefit people, and of course, talking about how it can make your life better. Because when we look at the things that make our life better, it's not just, okay, I'm going to read this book and it's going to work. I'm going to get this mindset coach and it's going to work. It's going to be an accumulation of things that you keep working on. For example, if you're going to the gym, you're going to keep on making sure every single day you're making forward progress. It's taking things into small bite-sized chunks rather than trying to swallow the whole thing whole. Because if you don't take those small bites, then that is where we can have some problems. And we don't want any unnecessary problems in our life. We want to have smooth sailing, even though life is going to be a lot of bumpy waves or bumpy rides, we have to get through them. Vitae has a unique perspective on alchemy, on mindset, and just on who she has become through her own experiences. And I'm sure many people can relate what she went through and how her journey can be related to your own. I went through a journey myself, and my journey is unique to me. She has a journey that is unique to her. But the more journeys that we bring together, the more people we bring on coaching and session, we are able to get a coalition of people who have went through a journey to reaching a different type of mindset, a new mindset, a better mindset, stronger mindset. That is one of my goals with this podcast, with my business, is to change the minds of the world toward the positive. And I'm not saying that we have to be optimistic all the time. I'm not saying that we have to be happy all the time. We have to be human, though. We have to understand, well, what do we need? What do we want? And do we go after it? Because mindset is going to be more so of, am I going after the things in my life? Am I being purposeful in my days? And many people forget to be purposeful in their days. They wake up on Monday and they hate going into work. They go into work until Friday. TGIF comes. They enjoy the weekend and they wait until Monday so they can dread it again. And they continue that loop, that rat race, that way of living, that routine that doesn't serve them, that doesn't benefit them. But today, we're going to be talking about how you can get out of that way of living and into something more purposeful. So let's get into that interview with Vitae. Welcome, Vitae, to Coaching This Session. How are you? I'm very good. How are you, Michael? Thank you so much for coming on. I'm doing well. You are the author of Living Through Alchemy. And today we're going to take some time to talk about that, your experience writing the book, and then also living through alchemy. And many people might not know what alchemy is. Can you elaborate what alchemy is to people who might have never heard about it? Yes, for sure. And uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you for having me on the podcast. I actually recently listened to some of your podcasts and I do really enjoyed it about the, the mind, changing the mindset and uh, living authentically. So my 
book and my goal, my purpose, my mission is also very similar to you, mm-hmm. helping people to find themselves and to live authentically. But my concept is more related to the ancient wisdom of alchemy. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it's a misunderstood or it has been forgotten for a long time mm-hmm. because When people think about alchemy, they would think about like a crazy scientist, like in the lab, you know, doing some crazy, stupid experiments. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, but if you understand the word alchemy is basically for transmutation and transformation. Mm. So when you do an experiment in the lab, it's pretty much about transforming a chemical in one form to another form, another chemical. It's, mm-hmm. it's the transmutation process. It's the process of change. So alchemy is all about change. In nature, if we look at um, nature, the universe, even ourselves, we grow, we change from a baby to an adult. So everything has mm-hmm. to change. Everything has to transform uh, from one way to another. So uh, there's a conceptual misunderstanding about alchemy is that about alchemy is just about transforming lead into gold. Mm. So that's what we normally uh, taught uh, and understood uh, as we was little. However, if we look at uh, that concept, it's a metaphor. Like lead is a heavy body. Um, it's like an older self is a part of us that has been programmed, indoctrinated, and carry a lot of baggages, carry a lot of burdens on our shoulders. The, the part of ourselves that have too much impurities. Mm. And so we have to go through a transformation process, an alchemy, in order to purify ourselves to help us become lighter because mm. you cannot fly mm. if you are too heavy that's the 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 caterpillar cannot fly if it doesn't have wings and it's not as light as a butterfly mm. so if you look at the metamorphosis of the the caterpillar turning to a butterfly it would be a much easier visualization for you to understand what alchemy is however that process it has a structure it has steps to it. So there are basically seven stages of alchemy that lead you through that purification process. To human is a little bit hard to visualize what that actually is, especially when you have to, you cannot really visualize your energy. You mm-hmm. cannot really see it. You can't see your energy body. So how can you really transform it? Like we can't even see ourselves grow as a baby to an adult because the growing process is very slow. So that's the reason why in meditation, in Buddhism, they always teach you to observe yourself, mm-hmm. to see yourself. Uh, so that you can see your behavior, your manner, your changes, your transformation. Mm-hmm. And my second 
shift when I did a mindset shift, I was dealing a lot with Buddhism Zen. My first mindset shift was with my ego. And it's similar to how you were talking about like you're, you have lead, right? And that lead is heavy. So my ego was heavy and it was weighing me down. It was, it was negative. And then now today, how I talk about it, it's not so much about the ego, depending on age. If you're a teenager, it's your ego. We need to touch that. But as adults, it's more of a negativity where we are thinking about negative or surrounded by negative. I mean, if you turn on the news, the first thing you get is something negative, most likely, because negative attracts. It's going to attract your attention so much more. And Uh one of the things Uh you said earlier, you said change, right? It's the process Uh of change. And for me, the process of changing my mindset was not something as, okay, I'm going to change my mindset. And then the next day it was changed. It was a process. It was a journey almost. Uh So it wasn't easy. Uh, can we talk about the process of alchemy and that type of change and that type of journey of how it is from starting to where you are today to where you're going to be after taking maybe the seven steps? Yes, yes. To go through the seven steps, it can be a lot of details. Yeah. Most of the time when I go on podcast, everyone asks me this, but we never have time <laughs> to go <laughs> well, through all the seven steps. So of course. I, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just try to shorten it. Uh, as mm-hmm. much as I can. So, but let me just introduce the seven step first and then I'll just go through the details um, later on. So the seven stages of alchemy are the calcination, the dissolution, the separation, the conjunction, fermentation, distillation, and coagulation. Now the coagulation, the last stage is uh, consider is the philosopher's stone. Mm. So the concept of philosopher's stone is also a metaphor concept. It's basically a stone that you uh, that allows you to touch any, anything and it turn to gold, mm-hmm. right? So when you get to that stage, it means you have gone through a lot in your life. And because you carry a lot of tools, you have a lot of tools. Uh, you have a lot of practices, you can transform any negati- negativities into positivity. Mm. So that's your magic wand. So philosopher stone is like your magic wand because now you are the master of yourself. Mm. You can change any condition because you have gone through that process, basically. The first stage, the calcination this is very, the concept is very similar to what you are coaching because you are a mindset coach. So the calcination is all about pushing you to change your paradigm, to change your way of thinking. And the way that it happened to me is by through adversity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was at the place in my life where I lost everything and I was pushed to go through a blank slate and I didn't have a lot of choice. So I would have to either get stuck or change my way of thinking and live differently. And mm-hmm. I choose to change. So that's how I was carry on the flow of the process to move to the next stage of the alchemy. 
But it's very difficult and it can be very scary to make the change. It's just not easy. And that's the reason why people need coaching, right? At the time for me, I did not even know coaching actually exists. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to carry through it myself. And I did have to look for help. I look for self-help book. I Uh, I was looking for the guidance. I was asking for guidance. And luckily, something did happen. And I did receive that guidance through synchronicity. And I took a leap of faith to follow that. And that was the, the guidance for me was from the book, The Alchemist. And it was the first lesson that I received from it was to listen to my heart. Mm -hmm. And that was the most important lessons in my life. So because I received that guidance, I took that leap of faith to make the change in my life and follow my heart. It helped me to carry through the next step, the dissolution. And at this stage, you would have to deal with a lot of inner child wound, like a very deep wound that you carry from generation to generation. Like what the, whatever trauma that you do is to, when you were a kid, something that deep within you that you you don't necessarily know you don't really understand but is this what driving your life so that's in your subconscious so that will uh, at this stage that wouldn't something happen and certain kind of events would happen uh, in order for you to look at this challenge or this struggle That is actually a wound that's surfacing and you have to deal with it. If you don't deal with it, you're still going to keep repeating the circumstance. The trick is that if you don't make the change, you will go back into the circle. Either you keep running in that circle or you go back to the previous stage and you're just going to keep creating the circumstance. And that's the reason why we have suffering because we're still attached to our old way of living, we still attach our old way of thinking. And the reason we attach it because we don't have awareness, we don't have perception. Mm -hmm. And the next day, and if you pass through the dissolution, you deal with your inner wound, you go through the next stage of separation. And the separation is all about uh, learning tools, uh, meditation, separate yourself from the toxic environment, toxic relationship, people. Now that you have a better awareness about your wound and well, whatever that happened in your life through the dissolution, right? So separation, yes, that stays. Separate yourself from all of that in order for you to start taking on healing. This is the part where you start going on the healing journey. And the conjunction is where you put yourself back into another reality and it helps you to see now you have like different kind of environment different kind of people it's like getting halfway to the philosophers on halfway through the process so everything seems to be a little bit better you have more harmonious relationships with people you feel a little bit better about yourself but not recognizing that you only halfway there you're not to the finish line yet it's very easy to get stuck in that place so you may have to face another catastrophe another adversity and that will help you to see a closer look at the mirror of your shadow 
Like, what else is hidden in your shadow? What else you're not really seeing? Uh, what's all the impurity that you still carry within yourself? And that will lead you to the fermentation process. And now, because at the conjunction, you already have all the tools and you already have somewhat self-awareness about yourself, from that stage to the later stages, if you don't keep practicing it, if you don't have the inner will and in the inner power to push you going forward, it's very easy to get stuck in that place. Um, and so the fermentation is all about using that internal power, internal desire to get to the next place. And then the distillation is all about, is kind of similar to the distillation process of essential oil. Right? So the the purifying process that what we use, I don't know if you know the term essential oil is considered as like the soul of the trees or the flowers, right? It's the pure part of that. So it's the same here as the distillation process. But at this stage is once you already have higher awareness of yourself, you're going to start practicing getting a vision or your intuition in order to understand more about your purpose. So it's basically what they say is getting the vision from heaven and bring it down to us. So that's why the distillation process, you would have to heat up something, it's vaporized, and then it's liquidized, it's go back uh, into the liquid form, which is a more solid form. So that you can actually utilize it. And that's the reason why essential oils is so special, it's essential. Mm -hmm. right? And so after that, you would get to the coagulation, and now at this is the finish line because you already have access to the higher realm from the distillation. Um, you understand your life purpose. You understand what you meant to do. You have to carry that vision from the higher realm and down to us. And now at the coagulation, it's all about sharing that knowledge and that wisdom to help others uh, around you because there's no point for getting to the victory line and you're the only one up on the mountains. You have to help others up to the mountains with you. Mm -hmm. It's like when they said, I'm all about freedom, right? That's my highest value. But I cannot just be free myself and the rest of the world is not free and th there's really no true freedom for just one person because if the rest is not free no matter what I do I cannot travel around the world uh, even if all the borders are closed everyone is frantic there's mm -hmm. no joy in that so you would have to go back and help others uh, around you as well. So in short, that is the seven stages of alchemy. I love just talking about alchemy, about the whole process of the journey, because we all, in a sense, have a journey that we have to undergo. And it's always going to be unique to the person. 
So as you're talking about alchemy, I'm just thinking, wow, she's so right because I'm thinking mindset. And the first few stages are going to be dealing with trauma. And trauma for mindset is going to be one of the reasons why people change. People don't change because they say, you know what, today is going to be a good day to change. They usually have some type of trouble, whether it be a trauma, self-inflicted, or it could be an outside source, whether someone passes away that's close to you, you lose a job, some type of challenge, adversity, as you said. So as long as they have that, then they can make a choice. Do I change or do I stay the same? And if they don't stay the same, then that's where the change has to happen. And change is difficult. Change is not something where it's for the faint of heart. It takes Uh a lot of work, a lot of effort. And I'm sure the same with alchemy. It takes the process is going to be arduous, where even though we are going through this process, the end result is going to be something that's worth it. And then we have the other side. If you don't do something, you just stay in the rat race. You just stay in that negativity. You stay where you are. And many people choose to stay where they are, their comfort zone, because they're not willing to put in the work. And it requires them to go past their fear zone. So everyone's uh-huh. afraid to make the change. You gave some great book recommendations like The Alchemist, right? I uh-huh. always tell people, depending on their mindset, different books to read. I have read probably hundreds of books at this point in my life about personal development, self-help. And I actually have the alchemist on that bookshelf behind me. <laughs> I have a bunch of books in other areas of the home, but the alchemist is actually on this, on this bookshelf. And I tell high school students to read this book because it's so powerful and it offers a unique perspective for their mindset at that age. For uh-huh. people who are dealing with a trauma, a loss of a family member, I tell them to do Daphne Rose. She's a self-help author and she does uh, like 10 things to do when your life falls apart, uh, like appreciation toward yourself. So she's a great person. And similar to you, I didn't get coaching when I went through my change. I did it through myself. I went to the library and I would go into the basement of the library and I would just go through self-help book after self-help book until one resonated with me. And it was the building blocks. So just because I say something or I learn something doesn't mean it's going to resonate with me quite yet. And that's why I love having on other guests. That's why I have so many books to offer people because one book that works for me might not work for you. And the reason why is because the building blocks that I have been building throughout my life has led me to that experience. So now I finally have all the pieces to the puzzle, whether you get it through a coach, you get it through a book you get it through an experience, you go through that process though. Not one person is going to just give you all the pieces, right? I tell people, people, if you need trauma healing, go see a therapist. If you want results and you want to get a more positive mindset, go see a mindset coach because they play different roles. And I'm not saying that a therapist can't help you with your results or a mindset coach can't help you with the trauma, but it's different. But when we start to regulate who does what in your life, and then everyone puts a piece in, you finally have the whole piece of the pie, and then you're able to start the process for change. And one of the things I love is that when we get to the end, right, the coagulation stage, now we turn around and we say, who else needs to come, right? Who else needs to be free? Who else needs to rise to my level because it's lonely at the top, they say, right? (laughs) And 
when you, when successful people go off and they get all the success in their life, they have all the money, all the fame, all the material goods that they can ever want and dream for, but they're unhappy. Why mm-hmm. are they so unhappy? And it's not until they realize that happiness is not so much a destination, it's so much more a state of mind. So mm-hmm. they say, you know what, instead of me just being in my mansion with all my cars and all my money and jewels, I'm going to look around me and I'm going to see who needs help also. And I'm going to offer a hand and I'm going to help them up. And that's what leadership is. Leadership is going to be people who are able to reach a certain level. And then they turn around and they say, all right, I'm here to bring other people up too. What I wanted to talk to you about next is how difficult it is for a leader to bring someone up that doesn't want to be up there. Because many people just accept life. They become complacent. They don't want to do the change. They just remain where they are and they're unhappy and you know, they're unhappy and you want to help them, but they're not willing to help themselves. So for those kind of people, you know, for me, in my opinion, you can only help people when they actually want to be helped. If they don't want to be helped and they want to stay in that comfort zone, that is also their choice. And we would have to let people to have that free will and freedom of choice. You cannot push people around. You cannot control people if they don't want to be helped. It's very hard, especially when you see your close friends, your families, and you can see what's actually wrong. And you really want to try to go in there and help and then drag them out. But you just have to stay up. And let them experience their life the way that they want to. And I think that also show that we're respecting their boundaries. Mm-hmm. And if you have a boundaries for yourself, um, and if you're not like, if I'm not looking for a coach, or if I'm not looking for a guy, but someone keep like coming and telling me, oh, I'm doing this wrong, I'm doing that wrong. It can be very irritating. It can mm-hmm. be pretty offsetting I think the best way is be the best of yourself be the lead example you have to be your own example of the version that you think best for you and once other people look at you living your life that way they will start to question and they will start to think mm-hmm. and they they would get look at themselves and they would think whether they want to make the change like why is that person happy and I'm not happy like what's wrong with me mm-hmm. but you cannot just like go in there and push them yeah, <laughs> like exactly. tell them you have to change you have to change mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah and and so that's the reason why we write books in order to share that information, share that knowledge. And I go on my YouTube videos and I talk about that as well. I share my lifestyle, um, the reason why I choose to live nomadically. I choose to live to stay away from society because this is good for me. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, I would say, this is what you have to do it because it, has, it works for me. Right. It's like, I am decided. So sometimes I have to wear glasses. 
but not everyone is nearsighted. So if I I want them to see what they see, I cannot put my glasses onto their eyes and make them see the way mm-hmm. I see it. Yeah. Uh, so everyone have to have their own experience, and when they're ready, then they will come and find the wisdom and the knowledge either from you or from other people, and then we can actually help them and guide them. I think I heard this phrase from. The book uh, from News Donald Wars, uh, the conversation with God, that uh, a great leader is not the one to tell other people follow me, but a great leader is the one that say, "I'm gonna do it first. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna show you uh, what it's like for me to live the life that I actually desire." And that's what Jesus did. That's what Buddha did. Mm-hmm. They 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 don't tell anyone to follow them, but people just keep following them because they live authentically to themselves and they share the teaching, how they've done it, and other people can implement it, can practice however they want it, right? Mm-hmm. To me, that's what leadership is. You would have to be your own example uh, for other people, uh, be the role model. And do it first, mm-hmm. and you cannot go into other people' boundaries and tell them what to do. That's very controlling. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And my whole business model is to provide affordable coaching, but then at the same time to understand people. Because if I had a coach and they were always on my behind saying, "Do this, you're not doing this, you're doing something wrong," I'm going to say, "Like, man, this is very negative, and I don't really want to deal with this." So I'm not going to go have coaching with him. I'm just going to ghost him or, <laughs> or, or just not go to the sessions anymore. What I do is I offer a revolving schedule for all my clients where they can come in whenever they want throughout the month. They book, they have the link, and they can purchase as many sessions or as little sessions as they want. And they can just say, I want to talk with Mike this day. If I need to talk to Mike this day, is it an emergency? They can text me. They have that type of access. It's not me saying, hey, are you doing this? Are you doing this? Now, of course, during our sessions, we're figuring out what needs to be done. So it's a realization for them where they're like, yeah, I'm not doing this. But I'm not saying, well, shame on you for not doing it. You said you wanted to do this. So I'm not belittling them. I'm not making them feel bad. I'm just saying, well, if we're trying to do this, this is what needs to happen. And then we figure out alternatives. So if they're stressed out somewhere, we shift, right? We do a pivot. So we're not just so so much worrying about the obstacle or the challenge that we have or the goal. We say, okay, well, what do we need right now? Because sometimes we have holes that need to be filled before we can continue on with uh-huh. our journey. Uh-huh. And sometimes people get stuck because they're like, my journey's yeah. right there, the hole's right here. I don't know how to get to the other side. I remember the Zen story. It was about a Buddhist monk. He was going to the mountains. And when he was traveling up the mountains, there was this large river and it had just rained. So the river was rushing and it was going to be difficult for him to get by. He looked up and down the river and he asked the other Buddhist monk that he saw on the other side of the river, excuse me, brother, how do I get to the other side? And the monk thought for a second, he looked up and down the river and he shouted back to the other monk, you are on the other side. So it's all about perspective, right? Because If I'm saying I'm in this challenging place or this rough spot, 
someone else is going to be either in a similar spot or a different spot, but we don't say that their challenge is any less. My life, I'm not going to say was easy, but at the same time, I'm not going to say it was hard. What I went through is my own journey, right? So it's kind of like, don't judge a person until you walk the mile in their shoes. And Uh that holds so much value because yeah, if someone comes in my shoes, they're going to realize, wow, he does a lot, but he makes it look so effortless. And that just goes to my mindset, right? I'm able to do this because I practice what I preach. It's like, if you're going to the gym, you get a trainer and your trainer's out of shape. And so you're listening to this person who's out of shape, right? And then you would think in your mind, your subconscious level, of course, maybe consciously too, that I don't know if I should be listening to this person because they don't Mm -hmm. even follow their own advice. Because if Mm -hmm. I listen to them, am I going to end up like them? Or if I just do what I'm going to do, then maybe I'm going to be in better shape in the long Mm -hmm. run. So we Mm -hmm. have to start to look at like, what path is the right path, right? Where do we want to be? Of course, that's going to be unique to people. But is there an ideal place where people can find a common ground? whether it be in alchemy, whether it be in mindset, saying this is a good place to be, but it's not the end journey, right? It doesn't have to be the step seven coagulation, but this is a good place to be where not being the rat race, for example, where we have a nice diet, a nice life, right? With family, a good home, that type of balance, right? And again, it's it's going to touch a base on lifestyle a little bit, where we're talking about, well, this is my lifestyle because you can have nothing like Gandhi and you can be happy, like Mother Teresa. You can have nothing but be happy, be fulfilled. Is there a common ground in alchemy where someone can find a balance? I think, well, alchemy is basically universal. Mm-hmm. So yes and no. Mm-hmm. Is it? I I don't think of alchemy as like a specific path. It's the process of what the nature is. It's just like spring has to go in order to summer to come. It's like changing in in season, like winter and then spring and summer and fall. Uh, so we all have to go through that process. So, but in that process, there's many paths. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, alchemy is like a universal transformation process that we all have to go through. But which path you take, that is all up to you. You can be a Buddhism, you can be Christian mm-hmm. or Muslim, however path that they resonate with you. And when I get asked this question, my answer is always come back to listening to your heart that's your compass in your life especially when you have to make a big decision like a life-changing decision you would have to tune into your heart so it's the same way here which path that you want to take in order to get to that self uh, enlightenment that uh, self-healing you would have to tune into your heart in order to choose that path for yourself nobody can tell you that because everyone has different journey right you can learn so many different concepts you may eventually create your own concept or you may just pick one concept one path and to go along with it 
Just like back then with even with Jesus or Buddha, they learn from different masters as well. And they practice, they embody and they practice different methods. They may even individualize themselves. I know that Buddha did because he, he, he went through so many different temples, but he didn't like, didn't really resonate with any teaching and he eventually created his own path. Mm-hmm. And we can also do that as well. Me, myself, I'm a Reiki energy healer. And Usui is the monk from J- Japan that rediscovered Reiki. When he teaches Reiki and passes down the line, the practice can be different and modified compared to the original way because people keep upgrading it, keep changing it to make it fit better with the modern world, we all have to adapt. So uh, adaptation is also part of change as well. And so if something is outdated and it doesn't work with your lifestyle or in this world, in this era anymore, then you would have to update it and individualize it or modify it in order to make it work for you. I I recently just watched a really great movie, a Chinese movie about a monk who had to travel to the West. And and this was taking place thousands of years ago, probably 3,000 years ago. And that was at the time that China started to have Buddhism, but the study of Buddhism, the, the philosophy of Buddhism didn't complete. And he would have to travel 25,000 miles from China all the way to India by foot mm-hmm. in order to bring the teaching the complete teaching of Buddhism back to China. And that's the reason why China has the Buddhism, what it is today. And it is, in fact, a real story. It's it's a true story. And so for him, he didn't think that Buddhism was actually complete. Something was missing. He didn't know what it was. So he he went and seek for that. But nobody did. Mm -hmm. So make their own path. The first thing, I'm also studying shamanism. The first teaching that you need to learn in shamanism is listen to your heart. Choose the path of the heart. If you do, if this path doesn't have a heart in it, mm-hmm. don't go for it. So, but how do we actually listen to the heart, right? Because we are trained to make decisions. With our left friend, I, I don't know about you, but for me in Asian culture and my background is an engineer. So almost half of my life, more than half of my life, I was trained to, to make decisions logically, analytically. And so I didn't really understand what it was like to make decisions with the heart because I did not even allow myself to feel mm. <laughs> back then. Yeah. Um, uh, and even crying, I did not allow myself to cry. I thought crying was weak, like never cry. All of that thinking uh, inhibited us to actually feel our emotion and get in touch well with our heart and with uh, our intuition. And that's the reason why we get lost. That's the reason why we don't know who we are. And it's scary to make decisions with the heart because nobody do it. And especially when that path is so illogical, maybe it's so far out there. And that's why 
people often stop before they make the leap of faith mm-hmm. uh, because nobody has done it before. Like, why should I go in this part? It can feel lonely, it can feel scary, mm-hmm. and there's just so much unknown, there's just so much uncertainty. And that's where we fail before we actually go on a journey and that that's why it's, it, it is difficult mm-hmm. um and i i pra- i still practice doing this uh, using my intuition for pretty much everything even like should like how should i take the next step uh, where should i go and it can be very simple to do but mm-hmm. just sit down and go into meditation and just feel and visualize Is this the path for me? If I going left, how do I feel? If I going right, how do I feel about this option? So observe your emotion, your feelings. Like you feel scary, you feel excited, um, you feel like there's opportunities there for you, curiosity. That's how I normally do it. Or you can also write it out in a journal as well with your visualization about mm-hmm. your decision. Rather than making a list analytical, like this is the pros, this is the cons, which I normally do all the mm-hmm. time, <laughs> you know. Definitely. But that, that, that's how our, our logical mind love, 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 love doing that. I still love doing it sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, but but for something that that can be pretty big, I don't say that logical thinking is not useful. It is to certain things uh, in your life, but. Uh, for something that maybe a little bit bigger, like uh, a relationship, a career change, or next step that you have to do in your life, that's just when I would have to like tune into my heart, and I do the same thing. Like if I need this coaching, if this coach resonates with me, I feel it instead of like, oh, is this really expensive? Or I can't do it. So feel whether that person is the, is the right thing, uh, the, the right person for you, for you to work with. And yes, do a little research and get to know them as well. I normally just let my curiosity and my interest is uh, the gateway to guide me. Like I'm curious about this. And so I just go and learn about it. Maybe I'll find someone along the way that, that would give me the lesson and the teaching that I need to go to the next step in my life. So yeah, a little bit research and feel it out. And that, that's how I listen to my heart. And often there's, you can also ask for guidance through dreams. That's what I normally do all the time. I also watch the synchronicities of anything that happened around me. So you need to stay in present. And I also love to use Oracle or Tarot cards as well to get some guidance to have a better understanding of who I am now at the process. Uh, you can ask questions to receive some guidance from there as well. I think that being human is hard. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's just Definitely. not easy. And a lot of times we don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. That's why we need coaches. That's why we need guides. We need spiritual guides. We need teachers. We need healers. Um, so don't be afraid to ask for guidance. And along the way, you may receive it and follow it with your heart. And I think that's that's how you know that if you keep doing that, then you're going to be on the right path in your life. You're going to be on the right track.
Mm-hmm. And many people who start this path, that journey, they might start get halfway down the road and say, wait, I don't know if this is for me. And sometimes they turn around and they say, okay, this is not for me. I'm going to change my path. But sometimes they stick it out because they say, I already come this far. So many people are going into jobs they don't love. They are going into relationships that are toxic and not nurturing because they have went so far already along that journey, but they're not willing to turn around and find something better or find an alternative path. Sometimes I get people saying, Mike, please just tell me what to do. I'll do whatever you say. And I say, it doesn't work that way because (laughs) what works for me is not going to work for you. Now, of course, we can look at the statistics on this type of coaching, what I do, of course, you're going to be in a more positive place, but are you going to be in the place that you were destined to be? Because of course you can come along for the ride on my journey, but is it your journey? Are you going to be fulfilled? Are you following your passion, your purpose? Are you using your gift to the fullest extent you can use it? And sometimes Uh people just get so wound up and looking for a quick fix, something quick and easy. Give me easy. Give me quick. I'm going to do it because that's what people look for. And change is not quick. Change is not easy. So that's why when it comes to people looking for change or going on that journey of change, they decide not to take it and they choose complacency. Uh They choose to stay negative. They choose to stay weak. And that is the whole process of my mindset because at a young age here in America, many people are instilled with limiting beliefs. And those beliefs are going to tell someone that they can't do something, right? If we learn it at a young age in the school system, Uh don't talk unless you raise your hand. And I have to call on you when you raise your hand. If you need to use the restroom, raise your hand and I'll give you permission. So they carry that on subconsciously. Now they're adults and they have a little bit more freedom now to make that choice. Well, I can go to the restroom when I want. I remember when I was in college and the professor said, if you need to go to the bathroom, just get up and go. It was, it was so insane to me because from elementary to high school, I had yeah. to raise my hand to use the restroom. But now I can just walk out whenever I need to use the restroom because college is why I love college is it teaches you, hey, this is on you, buddy, right? <laughs> no one's going to hold your hand. You have to go through this process yourself and the grade you get is the grade you earn. The grade is not given, but in Uh elementary and high school, the grades are given to a certain extent. I taught K to 12. I know grades are given, but at the same time, college is not so much that it's like, this is on you. This is your first opportunity to be an adult. And I don't say people need college. College is helpful but they can go through different avenues, right? Getting a guide, getting a coach, and then learning that skill. And they're going to learn it a lot quicker than in four years because Uh college, you could be in college for four, six years, depending on your degree. Yes, I make that mistake. (laughs) (laughs) And then now you have to figure out, okay, I spent all this time. I have these student loans. If you had a scholarship, great. But if now you have all these loans, now you're faced with a huge amount of debt in adulthood. And now you're trying to figure out how to be an adult, how to pay off your debt, and then how to be a functional member of society. And it's daunting to many people because many people see this as, wow, like this is so stressful. Is Uh there 
techniques in alchemy where people can learn how to de-stress and not see all their challenges as something as, man, this is a lot of work? Is there something that can help them focus and just say, okay, this what needs to be done. And I know you talked about journaling a little bit, and that's very helpful too. Is there like a secret technique that you know of that people can use or utilize in order to de-stress and to refocus themselves? Um, secret technique. I wouldn't say that it's secret, mm-hmm. <laughs> but if I learned it myself, for me though, I actually was lost in college. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So I totally understand what you were saying. And I wish that I had some guidance at the time because I even went for a major that I did not even know what it was <laughs> until, and, until senior year. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't like this major and mm-hmm. I'm already finished. Um, so I had to went through it. Yeah, in terms of like, I, I think that there's a flaw in education and we need to learn more about how to deal with life instead of um, focusing so much on the grade. Mm -hmm. I see that students get so stressed about grade and I uh, I went to my, my grad school I went to Cornell University and a most people know is the school that student suicide the most mm. you know like when whenever i go to a restroom um not just a restroom it's everywhere in campus there's always a flyer that say if you know someone is just depressed or or have suicidal thought call this number uh it, it, you know those kind of flies it's everywhere in my school it's and it's such a beautiful campus. It's in the middle of nowhere. And we have a lot of nature around us. It's in a very serene, peaceful place. And it's a beautiful place. But so many students kill themselves. We are like, at the time that I was in school, we were the number one school that have uh, suicidals in the U.S. So we do get stressed a lot. and and. For students, it's about grade. For adults, after you graduate, you don't even know what to do with your life. And that's the reason why we get stressed and we need to learn. We have to have more education about this, like how to handle money, how to uh, handle our finance and about relationship. This society is outdated and Mm -hmm. we need to update it right? with a better way of living and thinking, better way of education for kids. And recently, there's actually a a TEDx talk about school kids' creativity. And I think it does because like it puts everyone into one uh, conformation. Mm -hmm. Like everyone has to be conformed to be one thing, one person. But we all are unique individuals. We all are different people. We are one. But we are also different at the same time. We are unique because we all have a mission and purpose, a gift that we need to share with the world. It's like one puzzle is different with another puzzle. You, that's why when you put a thousand puzzles, it makes a whole big picture. Mm-hmm. And so we get stressed, we get depressed, not just because of we get lost, but because of what society actually 
put on us because it's an outdated society and we don't have a solution for it yet. So we have solution, but we don't implement it and we, we don't want to change. Mm-hmm. That's the thing we don't want to change. And so what do I do when when I get stressed? My stress is pretty minimal now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I of if I do stress out, this one thing is because there's something that require me to change and be a, shed a layer of myself and I'm like I'm scared, but I have to go through it eventually. But my lifestyle has little stress because I exclude myself from the toxic environment. I create my mm-hmm. own environment, my own peace. So that's one thing if you want to eliminate stress. And be your authentic self. Now, all of these are not a quick fix, right? You would have to slowly migrate to change your way of living in order to uh, reduce your stress level. And what I'm saying is a long-term stress, not like the kind of the kind of the short-term stress. Something that's actually good for you because you have a bigger goal. You put a little bit stress on yourself in order to achieve that goal. Not that kind of stress, like a long-term stress that actually brings you down uh, and get you depressed and belittle you and you don't feel like you can change. It makes you heavy, that kind of stress. It happens not just because of your mind. Yes, that's one way you have to work on, but also the environment around you as well. Uh, The people, the place that you work, and even your house your living condition, that one you have to change. Me, when I live with my family or when I live in my one-bedroom apartment in Boston, a great place, but I was depressed. Mm-hmm. I was so stressed. I wasn't really happy. Now, I, I live very simply. I'm a minimalist. Mm-hmm. So I declutter everything in my life, not just people, but objects and things. When you declutter it, you clear out your energy. This is feng shui concept. The less you have, the less you actually have to take care of and spend your energy on. So you have more of the life balance. You don't have to spend your whole day cleaning a big house. Now I'm saying in, in a small apartment, but I'm moving back to my van life mm-hmm. uh, pretty soon. So I'm living partially van life and partially uh, apartment uh, seasonally. And the reason why I choose to do that, because traveling empower me, is help me to be more in touch with myself when I get to stay more in nature. So you get to, uh, you you need to understand what is your passion and immerse yourself um, into that, doing what you love every day. Also help you to release less of that stress as well. And that's the reason why I choose to live this lifestyle. I have a lot of people, my family against it at first Mm -hmm. because if if you be you and you just do what you love, and it's not familiar with other people, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, because you're going to hear opinions about it. Um, but stick with it. Mm-hmm. If, if you know this is what you love, um, this is who you are, then stick with who you are. And that's the reason why 
let's go of authenticity, having your boundary, your safe zone, your zen zone is crucial to minimize the stress in your life. These days, I don't have negativities coming to me from people. And be mindful of that. And when people say something uh, negative to you, don't take it personally because it doesn't pertain to you. Mm-hmm. It pertains to them. Right. Like if you don't, that, that's, that, that's why Buddha said, if you don't have anger within you, no matter what other people say, you're not angry. Mm-hmm. So stay in that center. So yes, minimalism helps a lot for me. Isolate myself from toxic environment, have to release that stress as well. And I don't watch news. I think social media is enough for me mm-hmm. um, to catch up with the world. Yeah. <laughs> because news is very negative and mm-hmm. I don't want to invite all that negative energy into my life. So meditation is, is not any secret because the most popular and the most one of the most powerful tool to release stress and i know that reiki a lot of energy healing modalities out there are so effective into release stress and for me reiki was powerful because it actually increased my intuition uh, pretty obviously and i could feel and I, i i could sense this pretty easily so there's a lot of a natural and ancient healing modalities that can help you with that instead of taking uh, medicine, taking pills in order mm-hmm. to release stress, which is extremely toxic because it's helped you with one thing, but it can kill you in another. It's a slow process. Like you said, there's just no quick fix. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in order to do everything naturally, this is the reason why the tree doesn't grow like this in one day. Mm-hmm. It has to have the root, it has to grow the root, and um, slowly it's grow up into a tree and it takes years. Mm-hmm. So we cannot, we are so impatient with ourselves. We want everything to be so fast. And when we do that, we're going to tend to take things for granted mm-hmm. because we don't do enough work to get there. And so you're not going to appreciate the journey as much if you just get there right away. There's a little bit of effort. There's a little bit of work going into it. And that's why it's a beautiful journey. That's why we embrace it. Which If you just jump from one step to another, you don't see the journey. You don't see the change. For me, that's the reason, another reason why I live the van life. I live the slow lifestyle it's kind of funny because i actually had a friend that told me everything you do is so slow it's so hard to be around you <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm like well because i'm and and he lives in toronto mm-hmm. you know the biggest city in canada everything is a rush mm-hmm. so people are so used to rush mm-hmm. i stay out of the rush it stressed me out so whenever I go into the city, I can feel that rush right away. It's the reason why I don't like to stay in the city as much. This is fun for a little while, for a short time. But I often retreat to nature, to somewhere remote. So I have that solitude and have time for myself. And I don't, I'm not bombarded with other people around me. Mm-hmm. And 
have a slow down life can get you to stay in present a lot more and get you to because of that you stay in the present you get a better observation you see things better that's where you start to have more gratitude in your life mm-hmm. and when you elevate your life in the higher vibration your stress will go down your mm-hmm. body will start to heal i can't give any like quick fix advice because mm-hmm. i haven't done it and i wouldn't recommend it but that's how i navigate my life and that's how i was able to reduce stress and that's a seven years journey seven eight years journey mm-hmm. for me to get to this point to have a low stress lifestyle and not caring so much what other people around me say or judgment around other people but a long journey you would have to stack a step at a time if you are here and try to look up here then you may be intimidating or like it's too hard like yeah. i i cannot get there mm-hmm. <laughs> like like um it's going to take forever but you either take the step or you don't mm-hmm. you don't you fail but if you don't take the step even if just a little step eventually you're still gonna get there and it's what buddhism is teaching as well mm-hmm. there's two ways of failing one you don't do it one you, with the other way of failing you're not going on the way mm-hmm. so you just go halfway and it's oh it's too much it's about te- taking the little changes in your life and not overwhelming yourself i'm the kind of person who overwhelm all the time And so for me to change from one habit to another, I have to take very little incremental change in a day in mm-hmm. order to readjust and refine myself to get to a better habit. So even if you see like from here to here, but if you just take 1% at a time, I think the book Atomic Habits is, is a great book to mm-hmm. to learn about how to change the habit and reward yourself when you actually get there and it's positive reinforcement is mm-hmm. how I train my dog as well and that's how I have <laughs> yeah. to change myself but it has to be very very little so often we quit because we make a big jump and it seems so hard and that's why we're not motivated that's why we we like if i just run if if i go if i'm not running uh, i'm not used to running and i choose one day i'm motivated and i run 10 miles and it's so hard and then i feel painful the next day mm-hmm. then of course i'm going to quit but if you just start slowly uh just run half a mile or just one mile today and mm-hmm. tomorrow i'm going to run a mile and a half and then the next day i'm going to run 2 miles that slowly changing yourself and that's how you actually be kind to yourself too and not push yourself too much that's too rough and your body cannot adapt to the change mm-hmm. so if you cannot make a big change just make a small little step so if your life is insanely stressful right now just ask yourself what's the little things that you can do right now to make your life a little better maybe go for a walk maybe do something that are you actually like although your hobby do meditation even just 5 minutes a day can make a huge impact mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I started with also just 10 minutes a day, and I just increased a, a little bit on meditation mm-hmm. every day. And now I'm still practicing it every single day, religiously. I know that if I quit, if I stop, then I'm just going to collapse everything that I have built up. Mm-hmm. So look at the journey that you have gone. Like, do you have gone this far? Like, do you choose to give up? Mm-hmm. You know, or you choose to go forward and do that self-mastery. Because if you have gone this far, keep going. Otherwise, all the effort that you have put into it is going to be a waste. Because choice is your power. You have the choice to either quit or you continue to go forward. And I think that transformation is doesn't have a dead end. Alchemy doesn't have a dead end. It's a very complex process because it's keep it just keep expanding and expanding just like the universe is infinity. Our transformation is infinity. There's no end to it. And that's the reason why perfection is also a solution in that sense because this is an infinity. But we need to continuously to perfect ourselves because of our evolution. Because the universe always want to evolve and we want to be in that flow of the universe. We want to be one mm-hmm. with the universe. And that's why we have to go through this transformation. It may seem very big, but it's all about the micro change. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I agree with you with the whole stress thing, right? It's going to be there if we have so much going on in our life. Many people mistake movement for progress. So they're, they fill up their life, they fill up their day with so much stuff. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to hang out with this person because if I don't hang out with them, they're not going to like me. They're trying to make the whole world like them. As much as we would like that to be the case, it's not possible. Not everyone's going to like you. Not everyone's going to appreciate what you do. But what you can do is appreciate what you do every single day. And when you start to appreciate what you do, then you can say, okay, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm doing what I was meant to do. And then the stress, the anxiety from all the other BS that is happening in your life starts to diminish. And those people eventually walk themselves out of your life. You don't have to just cut people off or burn bridges. They will naturally sense this person is on a different path. This person's on a different journey and they are going to take away their own negativity and bring it someplace else. It's sad sometimes because sometimes it's family, sometimes it's friends that you love and cherish, but that process is something that people have to undergo to get rid of the stress and to find a balance because that's what we're looking for. We're looking for balance. We're looking for a place where our mind can be at ease, where it's not rushing a hundred miles an hour. And every morning I go to the gym, Monday through Friday, and that's my meditation time. I have time to think. I have time to breathe in the mornings, to be honest, I don't really like talking. So it's, it's just, me me. Too. <laughs> it's just me trying to get my act together right? Just trying to put everything in place because once everything is in place, then I know how my day is going to be. And then I can be as effective as I can in that day. So that's what I try to do. But let's go with our closing thoughts. If you have any closing thoughts, anything you want to say to the audience, anything you missed, 
And then, of course, after that, just tell people where they can find you. Well, my final thought would be if I could give share any lesson to other people, it would be just listen to your heart. Because, like I said previously, this is the biggest lesson for me, and also the most important lesson. And I think when you start with that, everything is gonna start to unfold, and everything's us. Start to change because that's how it lead you on the self realization journey. That's how you get to know yourself, and you would have to know yourself in order to see your path, in order to know where you're going next in your life, to fulfill your life purpose, to be happy with who you are, and to have authentic relationship with yourself and with others. So that's the key. And use that as a compass to guide you to learn, like, who's the person to learn what's the next path that I have to take. So as always, I tell people that listen to your host. That's the most important lesson mm-hmm. that you need to take it and embody it. It's, it's the the biggest thing, and it has changed my life drastically. So. Uh, that's that's what I love to share with other people, and how people can find me. Uh, I have a website called livingthroughalchemy.com. It's also the title of my book, Living Through Alchemy: A Transformational Journey to Freedom. So people can go to my website to download the free chapter of the book, and th- that chapter is. Uh, an overview about alchemy what it actually is then um, my book is available on amazon if they would like to purchase it and finally i'm active on social media instagram and youtube Uh, this is where i share my life journey about my van life my nomadism and also my growth journey so they can find me uh, on Instagram at smileyvv05. That's smiley face, S-M-I-L-E-Y-V-V, my name, vivi 5 And my YouTube channel is Personal Growth Through Men Life. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And of course, all your descriptions will be in the box below. So I encourage everyone to follow her, reach out to her. And if you're willing to learn more about alchemy, she is your girl. Thank you, Michael. No problem. Thank you so much, Vita. All right, everyone. Thank you for watching the interview with Vita and myself. Wonderful interview, of course. So many insightful things. And the thing I love about Vita is that she's able to see things in chronological order because things make sense. One of the things I often do when I'm interviewing a guest is I'm going to ask them the most common sense question next. But she was able to understand, well, this is what's next. That's a mindset thing. That's not so much, oh, I've been on so many podcasts, I know what I'm doing. She has done the work to understand this is the next appropriate step. So if you are looking for the next appropriate step in your life, or if you're looking for figuring out your path or your journey, head over to reverendconcepts.com. We can put you on a path, put you on a journey, and help you get to the life that you want. My name is Michael Reardon. If you have any questions, email me coachingandsession at gmail.com. I will see everyone on the next episode of Coaching and Session. Until then, everyone, take care.